Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I never thought I would play for another team besides the Giants. I never wanted to win a championship for anybody more than the Giants. For some reason, I feel like I can't escape my past, whereas other people can get away with certain things. Eli's like, bro, just sell it. Don't rush it, oh, just sell it. I rushed the fuck out of it. No <laughs> question. I'm... Yo, welcome to All Things Covered with Patrick Peterson and Brian McFadden, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. The name says it all. If you like what you hear, subscribe, download, make sure you drop us and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube. Just visit youtube.com slash all things covered. Pat, what will we cover on this episode? And we're going to cover around the league a little bit. We're going to recap our loss against the Rams, much as I hate to talk about it. And we're going to talk to one of my all-time favorite Tigers, OBJ. So stay tuned. The catch. The catch. Well, listeners, viewers, you understand and know how the show goes. First quarter is Chopping It Up. And Chopping It Up is a segment where we take you guys down memory lane, where we share fun, cool stories with you guys that we've had the the, the privilege of going through our professional career or just in our day-to-day lives. And with this episode being a very, very special episode and having OBJ joining us, we would like to share with you guys some of the of the most memorable fans, fan interactions that we've had the privilege of having throughout our professional career. Pat went to LSU, was a big-time recruit. I'm pretty sure there are a lot of fans that were going crazy over Pat P when he was in uh, at LSU, and the same can be said for, for his time currently with the Arizona Cardinals. And we know what type of superstar OBJ is, so we know he has fun stories to share with us it's as well. Global. No question. He's a, he's a global <laughs> icon right now, a, a living legend to say the least. And we know he has a lot of quality, fun stories interacting with the fans. But Pat, you're a big, you're a big time, a big name player as well. You know what I mean? You consider mm-hmm. one of the, the, the best to ever do it. I know you have some fun stories for us regarding fan interaction. Can you share with us? Fan interaction. Uh, I could probably say this actually just happened maybe like, Almost a month ago, um, I had to run the fries, get some ice cream for my girls. I wore for my daughter, my oldest daughter, and she wanted, she wanted daddy to make, you know, the famous strawberry shake. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was up for some ice cream too. So I ran the fries real quick and, you know, I'm looking for all the ingredients. And this guy, he's, uh, he's with, I think he's with both of his, his, his daughters at the time. And I'm looking for the, uh, cause my daughter, she likes, uh, Reese's and her, um, and her shake. So I'm, I'm down to candy out looking for the Reese's and the guy just kept looking at me, just kept staring at me. And I knew he knew who I was. You know what I mean? It's just, just the look he was giving me. And he, he pulled out his phone and he started looking at his phone and stuff. So I said, he must be Googling, you know, trying to make sure that it's, that is me. So I go on, I go on about my business. Um, I go get the ice cream, go, go check out. So now I'm walking to my car. So as I'm putting it in my car, as I'm putting the groceries in my car, he's like, P2, is that you? I'm like, yeah, man, yeah, man, that, that's me. So, and due to the, due to COVID, obviously, you, you know, you want to keep this, the six feet apart, the, the distance or whatever. So 
He was like, man, can I get a picture? I'm like, man, I'm sorry to break your heart, man. I cannot take a picture for you, man. But he was so starstruck to where I was like, I'll take a picture with you from six feet, you know, six feet apart. Yeah. He's trying to take, he, he's so, he, like, you see the guy shaking, like, you, his hands are just trembling. And I'm like, yeah, I take the picture with you, but he's going through his text message. I'm not trying to look through his phone, but I see him going through his text message, but I'm like, you going to take the picture? Well, he's like, oh man, I'm so sorry. I got, I got confused. So now he's trying to, um, he's forgetting his code. So he ended up locking his phone and he, now he forgets his code to his phone to unlock his phone. He can't get in. <laughs> he can't get into his phone. <laughs> So you heard him give his phone to his daughter. She had to be about seven years old. You know, these kids nowadays, uh, they, they know how to work this, uh, they phone savvy. No doubt about it. So she was yeah. like, dad, just give me the phone. Just give me the phone. So he passed her the phone. She just pressed the, cause it was iPhone. She just pressed the camera icon at the bottom of the phone and took the picture. But I thought that was hilarious because I never really saw a guy get just so in a frantic, you know what I mean? Just, uh, for me and me. So uh, I thought that was pretty cool and pretty funny. And he probably was nervous because, you know, time was of the essence for you. And right. he didn't want to waste your time, can't get in his phone. So yeah. luckily he had his daughter with him, right? Was a little more phone no, savvy no, than he is. No, she had more, she had more calm than he did because obviously yeah. she didn't know what was going on. She was just like, all right, who is this guy? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Have you what ever had you? a, have you, but real quick, I, I'm going to tell you mine. I got a fun story too, but have you ever had a, a, a situation where you were starstruck where you saw maybe like a famous person that, you know, that blew your mind and you were starstruck? No, honestly, man, I, I haven't, you know, and the biggest star that in my mind that I've met is either between LeBron and, and Jordan. You know, yeah. Probably, probably the biggest stars I've, I've ever met. I had an opportunity to meet Drake and all those guys, but you know, those guys, we are in the same arena. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but I never been starstruck. I, so I told my wife that the, after the first time I met MJ, I was like, man, it was weird because you know, you hear about the starstruck, uh, the stardom and, and being starstruck all the time, but it was like, he was a normal guy. And I think what happens is with me being in the profession, kind of having the, knowing how they think, knowing how they move and how they would like people to uh, approach them. Yeah. I think that's how I got a, I got a, a upper leg on most people because, you know, I, you know, I kind of have a, a feel on how they want to be approached. So I think we kind of can talk the same language in a sense without even talking to each other. So, um, but yeah, I never, I never been starstruck before. Okay. Okay. Well, my story happened with me in Pittsburgh, uh, was a training camp, Latrobe PA, and we have crazy fans in Pittsburgh. I mean, that just love the Steelers. And I remember one time at the end of practice, and you know, I used to always try to make sure I sign as many autograph pieces as possible. You know what I mean? Right. Before I go into the locker room. And I remember it was stream, it was extremely hot. I remember someone just kept calling my name. B-Mac, B-Mac, B-Mac. So it was like a, a teenage kid, right? He was a boy. Probably could have been anywhere between 14, 15, or 16. He was like, man, can you please sign? Can you please, uh, sign something for me? So at the time, he, he didn't have on anything. He just, he just had on shorts. He had no shirt on, right? He had no shirt and he had on a ball cap, but it was like a, a it was, a, it was a, um, the ball cap was black. So he had no shirt on, some shorts. It was hot. A hat and a black marker. So I'm like, yo, what, where am I supposed to sign? You know, where you want me to sign that? And I'm like, well, he like, sign my ball cap. I'm like, well, if I sign your hat, you're not really going to see it. Cause you got a black hat on. Right. I got a black marker. He's like, oh man. So he started kind of freaking out. I'm like, man, don't worry, man. Pretty, I'm pretty sure we can you know, probably get a piece, a, a, a piece of paper, a picture from someone. It was so many fans and none of the fans want to give him a picture. You know what I mean? They were like, no, nah, we brought this from home. So we got to get our item signed 
from whoever whoever was willing to sign it. So I'm like, okay, man, we got to find something. I'm going to have to move on to the next person. He was like, man, screw that. Man, just sign my hand. I'm like, sign your hand? <laughs> He's like, yeah, sign my hand. That's all I got. Sign my hand. He said, either you can sign my hand or my back. I'm like, I'm not signing a grown man's back. Well, even though right. he wasn't a grown man, but I'm not signing another man's back. Well, I'll sign your hand. And I'm like, bro, eventually you're going to wash your hand and the signature is going to be gone. He's like, no, 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 no. If you sign my hand, McFadden, I'm not washing my hand for the next two weeks. Oh, I'm boy. like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I don't advise you do that, doing right. that. He's like, no, 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 no. You're not, you're not understanding me, man. I love the Steelers. I love you guys. I love the defense. You sign my hand. I'll make sure I won't wash my hands for the next two weeks. Long story short, I signed his hand. I don't know if he filled, if, I don't know if he went through <laughs> with that statement of not washing his hands for two weeks, but it would not surprise me because I know how crazy and wild the Steeler fans can be. So that was probably the most memorable fan <laughs> interaction I've had in my professional career. I had to sign someone's hand. Oh man, I signed plenty of hands, man. Yeah, I'm with you though. And when they say they're not going to watch, I don't believe it. Nah, I mean, I, I, I hope, <laughs> I hope they don't come through on that end of not washing their hands. You gotta you know, wash your hands, man. Hey, <laughs> especially now. That's a necessity, no man. Every. I would say every every thirty minutes, every ten minutes, you gotta wash these hands nowadays. Hey man, nowadays you gotta be like surgeons, man. You gotta wash up to your elbows. <laughs> wash up to your elbows, man. You gotta come into the gotta come to the thing like this here. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. I never went through so much soap a day in my life, man. As much soap and sanitizer I've been going through now over the last few weeks and months. You gotta be safe, man. You gotta be safe. Now it's time for Cardinals check in. Here's where we recap the most recent ball game with the Arizona Cardinals. That ball game happened this past Sunday at home against a divisional foe in the Los Angeles Rams. The Cardinals ended up losing that ball game 38 to 28, uh, back and forth affair for the most part. Uh, we saw some highs. We saw some lows. Pat, you were involved in that ball game. You know, you think back and I know you've watched tape already about, uh, watch tape on that ball game from what happened. What was the biggest reason for, for the loss? You know, on the defensive side of the ball, a lot of misassignments, you know, especially on key downs, um, you know, missing the buzz dropper on, on, on that third down when we was down three on, I believe it was like third and 13. Was that um, with to the running back, uh, Malcolm Brown, right? Was is that, is that uh, the play you talking about? Remember, I couldn't remember who he threw it to. He um, was wide open though. Think, yeah, yeah. I think it was a back. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was a back yeah. and, um, spring free for the first down and later on that drive that he went on and scored. Well, you know, just, just, a, a, you know, for the most part, just miscommunication, you know, and that's what I told the guys from well, since nine, you know, this is a part of the season where teams start to separate themselves. You know, I mean, you have to be, you know, above the net emphasis, you know, you have to be a smart football team going into this part of the season because at the end of the day, this is, you know, every game is going to come down to the wire. If you're playing good football, every game is going to come down to either a field goal, a field goal, or that last, that last offensive defensive drive, you know, so we have to do a better job of just cleaning up our communication, being on the same page at all the time. And that's what's going to communication is going to bring that along. So, you know, just, just a lot of too many blown assignments. I believe that's what, that's what got us um, in the, in the trouble that, that we were in on Sunday, because we know what the Rams want to do. We know they do a great job of keeping keep teams on their heels, but you have to be able to, rally that and that's what I talked about all week you have to be able to weather the storm you know what I mean and um, we didn't do a good job that Sunday so and that's the results was until a loss 
Yeah, ebbs and flows of ball games are something that uh, players go through, and and being able to make those adjustments in those timely matters is is huge. Uh, the Rams uh, had a lot of success against your offense. They held the Cardinals' offense to a season low, two hundred and thirty-two yards of offense. Uh, Rams seven game this season with four hundred yards of offense. Six of those have come on the road. Kyler Murray numbers, 21 of 39, 173 yards, three in, three touchdowns, one interception. Uh, you look at some, some low points from that ball game. He averaged 4.4 yards per attempt, uh, his second lowest in a game this season. He completed just 53% of his passes, his second lowest in a game this season as well. And being a leader on this ball club and currently understanding the situation where you are in the season, you're at the eighth spot right now. Uh-huh. And with the addition to one extra spot in the playoffs, if the playoffs were to start today, you guys would be on the outside looking in. You know, what is the message to the ball club knowing that right now it's a critical moment? Every game matters. You can't afford to allow crucial games to slip through your fingers. You know, like you just said, every game, not only every game matters, every day matters. How yeah. you prepare, how you are making sure that, you know, you're not the guy that's making in that mistake in the game. You know, are you doing enough to make sure that we're in the right position possible? And that, and that was my message to the, to the guys after the game. You know, go home, look yourself in the mirror and in, in the mirror, ask yourself, including myself, am I doing enough? Yeah. You know, am I doing enough to contribute to help this team win ball games? Cause at the end of the day, that's what it's going to come down to. You know, you know, a lot of guys can be in, into, into playing football for, for, uh, for the glimpse and the glam. A lot of guys are in it for the, for the money, but I'm in it to win it. Like I love the game and I give my all to my guys each and every day because during this time of the season, that's all that matters to me. Football, yep. nothing else, you know, nothing else matters to me, but the game and trying to find a way to make sure that my guys are prepared, uh, make sure I'm prepared first and foremost, and that we're giving it our all when we got down the field because like you said, this part of the season, we can't have no more my bads. Oh, I thought I heard this. No, we have to be on the same page at all time because every single second on that play clock is critical. Not only on the play clock, but from Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yep. Every day matters. And that's what I'm trying to get my guys to understand because this is a definitely a, a critical part of the season that we have to take advantage of. Are you thriving or surviving? That's what Mike Tomlin used to ask no us when it comes to December football. Which one are you? Are you thriving or are you surviving? You surviving. You have, you don't have no playoff aspirations. Right. But if you thriving, you got your eye on the prize. So no that's when it. you kind of, you know, check yourself in the mirror, look yourself in the mirror and see exactly what you're doing. You got to be, you got to be, uh, thriving, not just trying right. to survive. No and in that ball game, Pat P, there was a five star matchup, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Premier wide receiver going against a premier corner. And usually you're involved in those matches, but you had an opportunity from afar to kind of watch the matchup between your teammate DeAndre Hopkins and your close friend and Jalen Ramsey. You look at the numbers when the, when they matched up, of course, against the Rams, D hop had eight receptions for 52 yards and one touchdown specifically against Ramsey, six targets, two receptions, 16 yards receiving. I mean, that was a very, very intense matchup and these guys have history against each other. Remember they both at one point in time were in the AFC hop with the Texans. Jalen with the Jaguars, and you look at the previous matchup between the two when they both played against each other in the AFC South, that is, in seven games, Hop has 44 catches for 507 yards, three touchdowns. According to PFF, only 396 yards were against Ramsey in coverage. Ramsey has done a real good job against D-Hop. 
Uh, he's a guy that studies your game a lot. And I know you didn't really get a chance to see every rep, but did you get a chance to sneak in and see exactly what these two top-tier players were doing when they were facing off against each other? You know, I didn't get a chance to see every rep, but I probably saw over 75% of it. You know, yeah. it was a great, great matchup, one I was definitely looking forward to uh, to watching from the sideline. And like I said, both of those guys early in the week, uh, those both of those guys fall in each other's hands. You know, Hop is a physical receiver, and uh, and and Jalen is a physical DB, and you know uh, has a lot, a lot of great you know attributes of uh, on being one of the one of the better corners to ever play the game. You know, I love his tenacity. I love the the way he approached the game. Um, you know, I just love everything about Jalen Game. You know, he just had great size, great speed. And uh, the right attitude and the same thing for Hop. You know, both of those guys just bring not only when they go up against each other, but, you know, when they have an opportunity to go up against lead best, you know, it just brings the best out of them. And in that game, I, uh, you know, I, I saw a little bit of not anger, but, you know, I saw a different side of Hop this, this Sunday, you know, just being more more vocal, um, you know, wanting the ball more, you know, because he know what he can do. And obviously you saw how vocal Jalen was as well throughout that game. But. You know, that's what the game is all about. You know, you always want to be able to, if you, if you consider yourself the best, you want to go up against the best, you know, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what, what it may be. If you're, if you're the best, you know how, how you want to leave your stamp on the game. You go out there and you, and you take on the best. And, and that's what I admire about Jalen, um, the most and, and, and a lot of other corners in this game that's doing that as well, because you know, that's what you get recognized for. You know, if you say you're a shutdown corner, you say you're a lockdown corner. Let's prove it. Prove it when yeah. you when you going up against the best, not against you know second and third receivers. No disrespect to them, but you want you want that team's best. And when you're able to take that team's best out of the game, you have a pretty good opportunity of winning. What makes, in your opinion, what makes Jalen so good? Because I had an opportunity last training camp, right? I went to Jacksonville when he was a part of the Jacksonville Jaguars and had an opportunity to do a one-on-one with him, you know, on, on CBS Sports HQ. And one thing that I realized just with talking with him and going through his technique, he studies your game a lot. And if you watch Jalen Ramsey at the line of scrimmage playing bump and run, if you watch Pat Peterson at the line of scrimmage playing bump and run, they look the same in their respectable position. Usually when you play in bump and run, most corners, most DBs get a little low. But if you watch Pat P and if you watch Jalen, they don't necessarily get real low. They kind of standing up a little bit and it's almost like a little pigeon toed stance where your toes are kind of <laughs> pointing in. And while I was right. talking with him over his technique, some of the things he was uh, revealing to me are some of the things you revealed to me as well. And I know you guys have roped out uh, quite a bit in the offseason together, along with uh, Derwin James, another Florida State alum, great player. we got to get him on the show as well. But tell us a little bit about the technical standpoint and some things that you shared with him, along with what he shared with you to, I, I guess, you know, to continue to showcase the dominating player he is in coverage. You know, Jalen has great attributes and a God, a God gift ability that, you know, most DBs don't have. You know what I mean? So it wasn't much that I really gave him. It was just a couple nuggets, honestly, because he always had a great stance. He always had, you know, great eyes at the line of scrimmage. Now it's all about making the most of it now versus opening the gate, getting more on the receiver. And I literally just gave him like two or three nuggets and he took it and ran with it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, and that's just hats off to him because, uh, you know, Jalen, you know, we have a, we do have a good relationship. You know, we, we, 
talk as much as we can. But, you know, Jalen is a guy, he's all, he's, he's always want to learn. He reminds me so much of myself. He always want to learn. He, he want to find ways on how to get better. And, and when he, and when he reached out to me, it was like, boy, he, he, he going to be here a while. You know what I mean? Cause it's not many guys that's in the position that he is that'll reach out to somebody that's in the same position as them. You know yeah. what I mean? Most guys be like, oh, I got it. I got, I got it. I got, I made it this far. You know what I mean? Cause I didn't have it all figured out. My first five years, I had to, you know, go through the lumps and, and go through the, the, the trials and tribulations through trying to figure out how to be more efficient at the line of scrimmage. And then I ran into Rod Hood. You know, I, I, you know, I was already at the time, you know, two time all pro, all pro at two different positions. So, I, you know, I could, you know, I could have been like, Oh, I got to figure it out. You know, but me being a guy who, being a guy who I am, I, I always want to learn and no matter who it's from, you know what I mean? And that's how he took it. That's the same approach that he took. We went out to the Bahamas, had a great workout and he was like, man, how you stay so patient at the line of scrimmage? That's exactly how you asked me. He's like, man, I'm going to give you a cup because I watch his game too. I was yeah. like, I'm going to give you a couple of nuggets, what I think that'll help you out and you take it for what you want. You know what I mean? I just think, you know, like I told, like you said, it looked like he's too high. But me, why I'm not so low and, and I mean, not so low because I feel like that's where you put more pressures on your, on your knees. And that's when you create those false steps, you know, mm-hmm. when basketball players. When you, explain, when explain what a false step is at the line of scrimmage. I know some listeners of yours might be like false step, <laughs> but coaches well, go crazy with that false step. Yeah, a false step is like when you when you when you're down and you take a first step forward. Yep. Your first step, your first movement is forward. That's a false step. That's so never. I, you should never do that in bump and run. Right. So with him, all I told him was, if you're standing up, just try to move backwards. You're standing up, and it's very simple. You're going to be on your balls of the feet. You you won't false step. You won't do anything because your pressure is already on the balls of your feet, and the balls the pressure being on the balls of your feet is very very important to be efficient at the line of scrimmage because now you're already locked and loaded. You're already, you know, you're just like, you got to think of it as a pistol. Now your feet and all your weight is in the right position to where as soon as that receiver moves, now you're going to be ready and gave him that little nugget as far as finding his point, because now we're all different because, you know, we're, we're about the same size, but Jalen is a little bit more, he's a little bit more huskier than me in a sense. Like he got, he has a little bit more muscle tone on his body than me. What I told him, I was like, for me, this is what's comfortable for me. So now you're going to have to find what's comfortable for you. What's going to help you to find that pressure point. And that's all I, that's, that was one of the things that I told him. And that's all he really, really needed. But I gave him a couple other nuggets to really put him ahead of everybody. I can't explain that, but um, that was one of the nuggets that I gave him. And, and it definitely slowed him down tremendously. You don't see him taking many false steps. You see him looking at the quarterback a little bit longer. Uh, the one nugget I did get, I can give many DBs this because they see it. But another thing is, you know, when D, another key thing why DB make false step because they're locked in. You know, they're, they're focused on the pitcher. As soon as that guy moves, they have their first movement. is obviously not a shot because they don't know what's going on. What me and Jalen do is when we at press, we're standing tall. We're looking at the quarterback go through his cadence because that's the guy that's going to tell us when the ball's coming. Yep. So I'm in there looking at him, looking at him, going through his cadence. And that also go with them study as well, because you have to know when the cadence is coming or what his cadence is. So boom, I'm looking at the quarterback, looking at his cadence. So now as soon as he get down, now I'm getting locked and loaded. So now I know now it's a clock in my head. Once I get down, he's saying height within three seconds or, yeah. you know what I mean? Within that one or two second range. So now I'm expecting to go versus guessing when to go. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. another reason why that's so important for DBs is that you don't want to be in your stance too long because you get impatient and then you might right. get off balance. Exactly. And that usually leads to you getting on your heels. And anytime you get on your heels, the battle is lost. You lost right. the battle. So right. understanding and knowing the cadence is important because you don't want to be in a position in that bumping one position too long. And now you're getting ready to guess. Is he getting ready to come off? And when is he coming off? And you get a little right. impatient in your stance. Mm-hmm. 100%. That's never good. That's never good. Well, it's time for Giants look ahead. That's the next opponent. Pat P and the Arizona Cardinals will be facing. Watching us on YouTube, the background might look a little different coming from Pat P. We had to change up the pace a little bit because we have an outstanding guest joining us a little later in the show and Odell Beckham Jr., former New York Giants. So we had to switch things up a little bit. Don't worry, you will get the same quality information that we always provide you guys. But Pat P, this is a very, very important ball game. Currently, you guys are on the outside looking in. If the playoffs were to start this weekend, you're playing against the New York football Giants team that has really surprised a lot of people that the, the, the mighty fighting nudges, to say the least, uh, starting to come around and play some real good sound football. Uh, five and seven after beating the Seattle Seahawks this past Sunday. Before we talk about that game, Pat P, I'm a retired NFL player. So I occasionally dib and dab in the parlays. Betting. I love mm-hmm. to gamble. I love to bet when it comes to football games, collegiately and professionally. And the Seahawks, well, you know what? Not the Seahawks. The Giants, they spoiled my parlay. I had a nice five-team parlay set up, feeling real good, going into the late slate of all games on Sunday. And I looked at the schedule and looked at the game. The Giants played spoiler, not just to the Seattle Seahawks, but to me and my parlay. So if I had something in my cup, I would pour it out to the fallen soldiers that lost a parlay just like me because of the New York football Giants. And because of that, I really do hope you guys stump on their head from start to finish this upcoming Sunday because they cost me a lot of money. But let's get into the ball game. You guys definitely need this game because this will be a huge opportunity for you guys to get back in uh, involved in the playoff hunt. Going out to New York, I know you love playing in New York. You know, the lights are extremely bright in New York. You don't know exactly who the quarterback will be. Uh, but if you get Colt McCoy, a guy who's been in the league for quite some time, or if you get Daniel Jones, an up-and-coming quarterback, the guy they believe should be the franchise quarterback, does either guy change the game plan for you defensively? Uh, not have an opportunity to watch. Uh, New York, as of yet, had a, uh, had an opportunity to watch New York, but having not had an opportunity to watch the last game. So, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that the offense will, will kind of be the same, minus the, uh, the quarterback rushing. You know, Daniel Jones has been doing an awesome job this, this year by, uh, I, I believe he's still leading the league in rushing yards, right? I mean, he's leading his team in rushing yards right now. Um, I think that'll probably, probably be the only difference. You know, Court, you know, you said Colt, Colt been in this league for a very long time. He know how to distribute the ball. He, like I said, didn't have opportunity to watch that game, so don't don't know how they was able to draw plays. Yep. But you know, he 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 has a full potential to uh to make it go. So we're gonna kind of expect the Giants to to run what they run, you know. So that's I'm sure uh, Coach Ben's gonna have a good solid game plan going into uh going into this game. Like you said, it's a game that we need, and uh, we're looking forward to this week of pre- uh, preparation and looking to go to New York and hopefully go to W. Let me put something out in the universe for the Arizona Cardinals and Pat P. Let's see how accurate I am. 23-16, Arizona wins. Pat P, four tackles, three PBUs. They're going to send you on a corner blitz. I haven't seen that all year long. And I remember last year when you played against the Giants, you got a sack, if I'm not mistaken, in New York. Yeah, four, so, four tackles, three PBUs, a pick, and a sack. Man, man, that sounds like a great days of work, man. I would I, love to have that. 
our outstanding producer, Eric, also known as Debo, you make sure you clip it and save it. Let's see how accurate I am, but the final score will be what I said, 23-16. Let, let's, let's see how accurate I am. But outside of the Giants look ahead, we got a lot of news to talk about throughout the NFL. Uh, around the league is what we call this segment where we tap in and just, you know, chat about some of the Big time news associated with the National Football League. And there was some news coming out of New York, not out, not from the Giants organization, but the organization right next to the Giants, which is uh, the New York Jets. I don't know if you guys saw the game this past Sunday against the Las Vegas Raiders. Pat, I don't know if you saw the game, but the Jets had that game locked and loaded to win their first ball game of the season. And Pat, you're a guy who plays in the secondary. Let me give you the scenario. The, the Raiders needed a touchdown to win the ball game. They have no timeouts. There's under 20 seconds left to go. And I think that best case scenario, the midfield, no timeouts under 20 seconds left to go. Greg Williams decided to call a zero concept with a zero blitz and zero blitz for listeners and viewers tuning in to us. That's where you're blitzing at least six individuals and you only have four guys in coverage and all four guys. As an individual, they have one man they have to cover. Now, mind you, Pat P, before I talk about that play, like I said, I don't know if you actually saw it, but the play before, Nelson Aguilar got behind the secondary. Derek Carr, oh. just he just overthrew the pass. He just overthrew the pass. So the play before the game-winning touchdown, a wide receiver from the Raiders got behind the secondary. Greg Williams oh. decided to call an all-out blitz. And mind you, one of the pass catches the Raiders had on the field runs 4-2. Right. He's fast for real. He's legit fast. He's fast for real. So he ran a stutter, stutter and go. And you know, Pat, you got to honor the stutter and go. Cause if you know you're in a zero blitz concept with no help, if he catches that stutter and if he has enough green in between you, he can give you a one, two and take it to the house. DB honors the stutter and go. Long story short, he gets beat deep, touchdown. He gives up the game winning touchdown. Ruggs catches the game winning touchdown. Today, after the ball game, Greg Williams is fired. They fired Greg Williams because of that call. Me personally, Pat, if I was involved in that play in the second day, I got to call a timeout. Oh, wait a minute, coach. Let's come to the sideline and talk about it. Let's talk about it. I'm, I'm not afraid of anything. I'm just trying to be smart. Let's go timeout, coach. We got to talk about this. What? Zero? Coach, right. they ain't got no timeouts. It's under 20 so, seconds. What are we talking about right now? They got, they got it. They don't need a field goal to beat us. They need a touchdown to beat us. What are we doing? Right. Have you ever been in a scenario like that? Uh, not not at the with the last play with the with the ball backed up and with them only needing a touchdown. Heck no, because I'm with you. I would have been on the field if he would have called that in in Jordan or whoever the Mike linebacker helm. I said, no, we are going free bug, <laughs> man. We is not running that foolish man. Protect the end zone, and they got speed out there. Right. Uh, if that's what we protecting, yeah, we got to get a fight of that, Coach. And also, too, one thing you got to factor in. Remember. They're playing with corners that are not normally known as starting cornerbacks in the National Football League. So give right. them a call that can help them. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're kind of at a disadvantage anyway with the personnel you have on the football field. So give them a call that can help them. I mean, 100%. we, we, we got a, uh, I think this is from, uh, when you look at some of the notes coming from, uh, that ball game and that call, uh, there were 252 pass plays. Uh, meeting this criteria in the last 15 seasons. Final 15 seconds of the ball game, down four to eight points, 40 plus yards to go to the end zone. There were the, they were the first defense 
to send six plus rushers in that situation. Wow. Yeah. They needed 40 plus yards to go to get that touchdown. And That's because what? of that, Greg Williams got fired. That's exactly why they fired him, man. <laughs> yeah. That, that stat came from, uh, where did we get that stat from? ESPN stats and info. Uh, final, fi- so it was, it was 15 seconds on the clock. They needed a touchdown. Like I said, they were basically midfield. Greg Williams, he sent six plus pass rushers. I'm sorry. So they probably had, uh, maybe three guys in coverage, but don't make any sense at all. So an all out zero, zero blitz that will get you fired. But I want my thing is this because of that, there's a good chance they might get Trevor Lawrence to be that quarterback in the upcoming season. So that yeah. might secure the first overall, uh, uh, draft spot for the New York Jets elsewhere in the National Football League in the same division. AFC East. I don't know if you saw this ball game down in your your old favorite team growing up as a youngster, the Miami <laughs> Dolphins. Yeah, what I heard. Uh, yeah. So uh I, I you heard about it, but I actually saw the play. There was three uh three plays all involving the punt team. I think they, I think there were three. Well the punt return Grant got slaughtered. I mean they just they just they just peeled into him. And you used to be a punt return in your heyday, Pat. You know how how scary that can be with you fair catching the football and someone just lays into you. So I think the final oh. time it happened, that's when the, 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 the sidelines kind of, you know, got, got empty a little bit. And Brian Flores was one of the main guys looking for action. I guess he, he was fed up. He was looking for action and it seems like he's about that life. You know what I mean? Not just about <laughs> protecting his players, but not going, not going to tolerate disrespect. And I don't know if you saw him coming up the sideline, man, but he was about that life, man. When you see a coach doing something like that, if you were part of the Miami Dolphins ball club, you know, how would you feel about seeing your coach re- ready to go to war with you physically because of a, a mishap and some disrespect the Bengals were displaying? Man, you got to love it. You got to love it. You know your coach got your back. If you see that on the sideline and, and if you want of his players, you know, you know, he's the type of coach that you want in your foxhole. You know, I, like I said, I haven't seen the play. I haven't, I haven't even seen that yet. But I'm, I'm definitely going to check it out here for, uh, for sure. But yeah, that just, I, that just goes to show like Brian is about his words. You know, he, he spoke about that going through this whole, um, social injustice and having his players back and you know, whatever those guys stand by. He's all, he's all with it, but now he's putting his, his words to action. And, and that may seem little, but that goes to show that he, he has his players back. I, I love that. I love that. That he went out there, you know, and, and enough was enough. And, you know, he wanted to show his players, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm out here with y'all too. So, you know, we, we not going to tolerate it. You know, obviously with, it starts with me and I'm definitely not going to tolerate it. So he just showed, you know, a little frustration and, and retaliation and having, like I said, having his, having his guys back, showing his passionate side on that, you know, we're not taking that, that bull drive by from anybody. No question. I love it as well. It's time for halftime. Got to go in and hydrate, make some adjustments so we can come out and have a better half in the first half. But when we come back out, me and Pat, we're going to have our hands full because we got an outstanding receiver. Even though he has one leg, he's not 100% healthy, he still can go with the best of them. So I think we might play a little cloud little cloud coverage to his side. Pat, you just jam. I'm going to play over the top. Stay <laughs> tuned. When we come back from halftime, Odell Beckham Jr. will be joining us, and he has a lot to say. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yo, 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 all things covered listeners, man. I got one, like I said earlier, I got one of my favorite all-time Tigers. Two-time first-team All-Pro, 2014 Offensive uh, NFL Rookie of the Year, 2014 first-round draft pick, a former LSU Tiger, a former Giant, and now current Cleveland Brown, OBJ. You can follow him on social media. What up, baby? What up, baby? What's happening, OBJ? Not much, man. How y'all boys doing, man? I'm chilling. Man, man, it's a great day to be alive, man. We just living, man. We just living. Yes, sir. I'm not mad at your cup look nice, man. Now I got some aqua in here now. There's nothing but some right, aqua in here now. Hey, I'm driving Uber tonight. I can't be drinking and driving. Say less. Say <laughs> less, man. Yeah, man. Everything going well, man. I'm just out. Uh, funny story. You're talking about 2014. 2014, I came out to Exos in Arizona and was training. It was the first time I was ever, you know, on my own, coming out of college. You know, the first time you just, you becoming your man. You, you're living on your own. And now life's kind of full circle as I'm back out here training at Exos again and kind of just feeling like a reset, uh, a restart for, you know, the back end and the rest of my career. So it's pretty crazy, bro. I feel, I feel like that life comes full circle is such a mind blowing thing to me, bro. So I'm just out here. I'm training, bro. I'm loving it. Um, I'm at peace. That's awesome, man. Well, it's, it's definitely happy. Uh, it's great to have you back here in, in the desert because I remember hanging out with you a couple of times when you was out here training yeah. for EXOs. But how, how's the health so far? How, how's the ACL um, injury coming? Uh, man, honestly, it's going good. They kind of tried to pull me back today. Just saying, you know, you're progressing very fast and we know how bad you want to come back. We know, you know, everything that your heart desires, but kind of just having to play it smart. Um, cause I'm ready to go. Like, I'm just, I'm ready to go. So I find it some days are harder than others. Just finding that patience, finding that balance to be able to, you know, attack the day and win the day and want to progress and get better. But also knowing that you have tomorrow or if everything went the right way, you have tomorrow and you'll be able to, to keep pushing it. So I'm on the, I'm on the slow climb right now, man. And that's, you know, I feel like that's what God wanted for me. But it's just tough to accept, you know, it's tough to accept it when you move and you just want to, yeah. you wish you could be playing. So, uh, like I say, I'm at peace, man. I'm just trying to, um, you know, find solace in all this and just keep continuing to get better each and every day, honestly. Yeah. Well, OBJ, what has been the biggest hurdle for you to get over dealing with this injury? Because a lot of fans, you know, they don't understand the difficult vibe it is when you're injured and you want to participate and you can't go out or you're playing the game not 100% healthy. And we've all been hurt to some degree, you know, all of us yeah. that's on this call right now. So we understand the ins and outs. But there are a lot of people who are watching us and listening to us, listening to us yeah. don't understand how difficult it is. But for you, what has been the biggest hurdle for you to overcome? I mean, it's just tough because I don't think these people would ever be able to understand. You know, like I'm putting in – 
10 hour days, just like, you know, along with everybody else, I'm putting in real work every single yeah. day to put myself in the best position to compete. I and mean, when you have a letdown like that on some real fluky shit, like it just is, it's heartbreaking. Um, there's no other way around it. it. It's just heartbreaking. The hardest thing dealing with it is for me is, you know, to not be able to be there with Jarvis. Uh, that's been tough. Um, you know, just not being able to be out there with your brothers and compete. I feel like I worked, I had, played all last season hurt with a hernia and just dealing with it like I was lagging behind I just couldn't get healthy and then had surgery earlier this year 2020 it's a terrible year for all of us some good things some bad things but terrible just in my in my heart my soul had surgery January 21st 2020 came back trained worked every day got better blah 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 to come back out and then to tear my ACL it was just tough for me bro it was tough you know personal situations that I was in just situations you know that's not really for discussion at the moment that I was in that made a lot of this just harder and difficult for me but now I'm in a, a healing and a recovery process and I think that the message is just way bigger for me you know I feel like God had a plan to heal me and not just heal ACL heal my soul heal um, the core of me I mean be able to to help me get over grow through whatever word you want to use to get over grow through some things um, and to become a better man at the end of it. No doubt about it. And, and, and it's a, it's a pleasure to watch you, you know, grow into who you are today, because obviously most people, including myself, we don't know, you know, how it is to be global because you're, you're a global icon. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and, and it's so, like I said, it's, it's so beautiful to watch from afar. And I can only imagine how harder that is. On top of being, you know, a productive player in the locker room, yeah. being a leader and, and being who you want to be in your household to your, yeah. to your siblings and things like that. But talk about not being there for Jarvis. And I know that's your guy. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, obviously I know you, Cleveland Browns on a, is on a, on a winning streak right now. Those guys yeah. are rolling. But talk to us a little bit about you and, you and Jarvis relationship. I know it's well documented, but give yeah. us a, yeah. give us a funny story about this. That, yeah. Man, honestly, give us about Jarvis. So. I love my pops to death. Amazing man. And I feel like going into college as you're, you're, you're going off onto your own. I ran into somebody at 16 years old who knew more about being a man than I, you know, than I did at the time. Uh, mm -hmm. His situation was different. He grew up without uh, his pops around necessarily. And you don't have to air him out, but that's just the truth. I've never ran into another a human who was as good of a person as he was and who taught me. I mean, the, the shit that he taught me, bro, I just can't even, like, I tell him all the time how thankful I am for him. And I really be meaning it, bro, because uh, without him, I don't know exactly where I'd be at in life. Um, I always wanted to be the best football player and this and that, but I don't think I really knew what that meant until I got around him in the way that he pushed for excellence and the way that he pushed me and the way that he was going to challenge me. And the bar and the level of expectations that he set was so high that I had no choice but to, you know, to chase and to follow up and to, to want the same dreams and goals that he had. So, Bro, if I could, if I could explain to y'all Jarvis in a nutshell, it'd be honestly, this is one of the best men that I've been around. Football, non-football, whatever it is, bro. This is just a really good dude who cares for me and, and we care for each other and have obviously pushed, pushed each other to be in the position that we're in now. And I, and I can vouch for that. Jarvis is a solid, solid yeah. dude, man. He, yes, he is. He's a real one for sure. We, you know, it's going on 10, 12 years of friendship and brotherhood. And when I be thinking about that, bro, I just find it so crazy. Like, that's a long time. Like, that's a right. lifetime. Uh, I wouldn't even call him a friend. Like, that's really my brother. Like, 
Yeah, that that relationship reminds me a lot of uh, me and Taj, man. I, yep. I, I've known that sucker since 2010, so I, I know yeah. exactly where you're coming from, man. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Now, going back to your high school days, OBJ, you were a four-star recruit out of Isidore Newman High School. Both of your parents went to LSU, right? Yeah. So did any other university stand a chance in getting you to sign with them or, or were you just locked and loaded with LSU the entire recruiting process? Man, it's tough. I was born on campus. I was born <laughs> at BR Women's Hospital or wherever it was. Like I was in class at two months on a little fanny daddy pack and mommy pack, whatever it was. So it was tough. Uh, Alabama came down and they were like, you know, unless you were really serious and going to show us that you would commit, like we can't offer you because we know you're not coming here. And other teams felt that and didn't want to offer. They just, you know, kind of felt that LSU was where I was going to go. And obviously it was, there was a little USC and Miami and Oregon that I wanted to go in there, but um, I don't think any place could have ever prepared me the same way that LSU did for the NFL. And um, kind of going back on the high school and you're talking about how I was a four-star recruit, it kind of, you know, evolves back to a question, Pat, where you talking about being global and, and this and that. And like, I was never, I was never the, as they would say, like the guy, I was never the show. I was never, I was never none of that. I was always mm-hmm. that underdog who just like, I just knew I was nice and I was going to work hard and I never had that same kind of tension. And then, you know, the attention got on me, you know, brought on by myself, brought on by what I did on the field, brought on, you know, some of what I did off the field. It kind of just made up the whole sum of things. But I think one of the hardest things for me as dealing with being global would be the fact that people can formulate opinions or speculate or do all these things. And the main word there is opinion and make it factual. Like they try and make an opinion factual when it's nothing more than an opinion. Mm -hmm. I think that's been one of the hardest things for me to deal with, uh, to sit there and let grown man after grown man talk about you. And uh, like I say, speak opinion on, on things that are not factual and make it factual. Yeah, uh, that's been that's honestly been one of the hardest things for me to deal with throughout this whole process. Being misunderstood, just, you know, kind of realizing I don't know if I would ever be understood. I don't even know if I want to. You know, there was a part of me that wanted people to know truly who I am so they could, you know, stop with the lies and the conversations and all that. But then there's the other part of me that understands it's not it, it doesn't really matter because I feel like at the end of the day, like Purell kills 99.9% of germs. There's always going to be that point, whatever percent, like it just, yeah, it always percent. is. Um, and for me, I've always felt like I've tried to find the perfect words to say to the world so that I could, you know, rest this case and, and feel like I'm not going back and forth. And I feel like to rest my case, I'm just, I'm just done trying to argue about it. Like there's nothing, you know, to really talk about. Honestly, that's been one of the hardest things for me um, is just finding a way to have everyone be able to have, uh, an opinion or whatever on my life or things that they would have done if they were me. And my favorite thing is, you know, but you're not. So yeah. it's not about what you would do if you were me, you're not me. You know what I mean? So I would say life's been great. It's been tough in these last, you know, couple of years. But um other than that, man, I'm blessed. So, oh, when you look at your career and you look at what you've been going through when it comes to the criticism and things like that, what do you think is the biggest misconception about you? I don't even know where to begin. I feel like to break it down to the root where I misunderstood would be as a person. Forget about the football player. Forget about whatever else you want. But as a person, like this world just got me fucked up. (laughs) Just being honest, like you just you had me wrong. And I don't and like I say, I don't know if there will ever be 
uh, a way to fix that while I'm in it, you know, when I'm done and, you know, I'm retired and all this. And then they meet me and it's like, oh, man, you're actually a nice guy. And or when people meet me now, and it's like, oh, you know, you're actually a nice guy. And yeah, I'm always joking. I'm like, yeah, I'm not the asshole that the world has made me to be. Right. Um, so I just don't know. I think it's as a person, you just have me bent. Um, as a football player, you definitely have me messed up. Um, for sure. <laughs> like, so tell, that's just, so tell me, this, do you, do you think New York had, you know, something to do with that being in absolutely. That New York market? Absolutely. And then, like I say, I'm, I'm not, I haven't been perfect throughout my career. I've made mistakes. I've, you know what I'm saying? Like I've done, I've done shit. People, you know, we, we live life and we right. make decisions and we live with the consequences. But it's like, for some reason, I feel like I can't escape my past, at, whereas other people, you know, can get away with certain things. And even, for example, being banned for two years, bro, like I'm banned for celebrating and being excited in the locker room and patting a cop on a, in a, like a sportsmanship football kind of, you know how we right. are. Right. But I just know deep down inside, and I won't say names, other people would do something like this where they get caught out partying or being wild. And it's like, it's, it's okay. Oh, look at this guy. He's having fun. He's such a fun he's guy. And, he's passionate. Yeah, he's pet like, and it's just like, if people could understand, if, if I had five rings to validate all of my actions, would it be, would you, would it be valid or would you still talk about me the same way? Right. Like, I don't have the rings, but watching Jordan's documentary and how he is and Kobe. Same it, way. I, that is same how I'm wired. Mind. That is right. my mind. I care about greatness. I don't care about, it's not about like, it's not a me thing. That's where people, I don't, yes. Do I want to catch nine passes for 160 yards on the best corner in the league, Pat? Of course. Yeah, right. <laughs> no question. You better say, yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Am I, am I happy with winning and leaving a game with zero catches? I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I'm happy we won. It makes it easier, but I'm not going home fucking happy. Like, right. that's just, I worked way too hard mm-hmm. to, to be in that situation. Now my reputation is at a point where if I'm not leaving a game with this and that, now then it's, it's like, oh, well, you're not really that good. But yeah, right. if I'm on a team and I'm helping a team win, then it's like, oh, you know, for me. So like I say, I feel like they've always found a way to negate whatever I was doing in a good way. I, when I was right. having the numbers, then it was, oh, he's a problem off the field and this and that. Right. When you're not having the numbers and you're being great on the field and all this and being a good person, then it's like, oh, well, he's not really a good football player. So for me, I've come to the, I've come to the point of realization, like it's not really any winning in this game until I can get back on my feet, um, and be in a situation where I could just thrive and succeed and go out and ball. Like that's just, that's just really it. Until then, the, the narrative and the media and the world are always going to have a bigger say so than I will. And you know, that's a battle. That's, that's something that is not easy to deal with. Right. Speaking of becoming a global individual, OBJ, there's a play you're associated with that we will always remember that kind of, you know, catapulted you into that global conversation against the Dallas Cowboys in New York. I think it was Sunday night football, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Can you take us through that play? Because as a defender, I know me and Pat Pew. Man. I, I think it was Brandon Carr. Yeah. I, I think it was Brandon Carr, man. And the way how you just adjusted on the football. I was like, man, that's a tough situation to be in as a corner. But can you – what was the name of that call? And okay. just take us through that play. All you remember right. the exact name of that call? I All I know is I had the – Odell go deep. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, so, so 2010 uh, – no, 2011, I think we were playing in the SEC Championship against Georgia uh, freshman year. Uh-huh. And we, they took us out there and they shooting jugs. It's me, Tyron, Juice. And they shooting jugs. And I'm like, man, let's catch them bitches one handed. So I'm catching them like this. Like I'm, I'm watching it. Jarvis is 
everybody tee back there. We're trying, we're trying. And I remember seeing this shit so many times. Like I just was practicing. I just was practicing. I tried to catch against Auburn just the same way, coming down the sideline, tried to go up, catch it like this. I dropped it. I remember posting being like, man, next time it's mine. So it's fucking Sunday night, Cowboys, man. I'm, I'm coming off of, you know, I'm rolling right now. Right. You, there's nothing you could tell me. I'm just living life, having fun. I'm getting, you know, 12, 13 balls a game. Like I'm, I'm right. getting the opportunity to shine. <laughs> so I remember he calls this play. Um, and all of a sudden coach calls a timeout, bro. And I'm, I'm the first one to the sideline. Coach, no, please, man. You got to keep the play on. He's like, all right, all right. Just coughing. He's like, all right, all right. He, he give me the green light. I'm, I'm, I look over to Justin. I spit on my gloves. Boom. Wipe them off. I'm like, just bro, watch this. I'm about to do something crazy, man. I'm about to score. Just thinking I'm going to score like out and out. Eli's like, bro, just sell it. Don't rush it. Oh, just sell it. I rushed the fuck out of it. No <laughs> question. I'm, I'm no fake, nothing. So we're, we're coming down the sideline and I tell people all the time about how you could use someone else's leverage. It's physics. Like use, they leverage against yep. me. Yep. And I could feel him leaning on me, but he, he was, was a little too much. Right. He was leaning too much. Yeah. So, you know, in basketball, if, if, if I'm, if I got LeBron in the post, I'm trying to pull the chair. He, he, right. he gonna fall <laughs> backing me down. So I pull, I just felt like I just leaned back and I could feel his weight just come past me. And I remember going up and it was kind of like a, you know, hey, if you ain't make this catch, it's all good. It was a great attempt, <laughs> but I'm going to catch it. It's that time for me, bro. I remember just jumping, timing it up. Like, I don't know what made even have the audacity to try this in a game. I can't. I can't explain to you what was going through my mind. Just instincts like, took in, took over. Instinct, huh? bro. I remember jumping, like, ugh, and I caught it, and it was. It's like, man, I finally got that one hander that I've been wanting. You know, I finally caught. You know, receivers, we want that. Like, Eric, no that was a thing it. growing up. Like, man, I snatched it one hand. Right, you know? right. As it happened, man, in the moment, I could not tell you that it was gonna do what it did for my life. I couldn't. I couldn't have told you that. Right. Um. I couldn't have told you that, bro, but I just remember that night going up from like 200K to like 400K. Life, <laughs> bro, and I, when I tell you life was never the same, for better or worse, it was never the same, man. It was never the same, man. I'm thankful for that moment, you right. know, and uh, uh, the only thing I feel like that sucks about that moment is I know that I'm so much bigger than that one play. I know I've had right. plenty of other plays, plenty mm-hmm. of other catches, plenty. Um, so, you know, just trying to keep, you know, redefining and creating other moments. Uh, yeah. But knowing that it is one that's going to stick with me forever. But it yeah, was crazy. That's crazy. Well, I got a two-part question for you. First one is, what made you go blonde? And yeah. secondly, me and Mac, had we had a conversation early in the show. We was talking about being starstruck. And I know you're a very, very global, yeah. iconic person in this world. Have you ever been starstruck before? So two-part question. Two part question. Okay. First one, what made me want to go blind? I think it started a lot with T. Um, and, and just, and it wasn't so much the color. It was just the fact that like, okay, I've done something different, but no matter what's going on, my confidence on the inside of me is just still on 10 million. Right. Like it's just up there. And right. then you can tell me you can't say nothing about my hair, nothing. <laughs> and that's how right. I feel like that's, you know, that's just how, how it's been for me. So it's just kind of been, and you know, people, it, it never was for no attention. It never, it was just the style that I chose. It was the same as right. getting a fade. It was the same. Right. I just want to do something different. And that's where I'm at now. I don't know what color I might, I might dye it mint green tomorrow. Like, I don't know. Is, bl- is it blonde right now? Look white yeah. on it. 
It's blonde. It's, blonde. Right it's a little white, but it's got a little, you know. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm chilling, bro. I'm just, it hey, is what it is, man. Hey, oh, but you, you got to realize you was a trendsetter with the whole hawk, no blonde hawk. Let man, me tell you, you there's a lot of kids, what, man, yes. that grew a hawk because of you. Yes, and I had to tell all my little brothers that, hey, man, you got to lead it. I, I'm trying to come up with the right dye form or a treatment right. because that dye is not good to our hair. <laughs> Uh, and I just remember a bunch of kids running around with a little orange and it needed, you know, it might needed a toner. It might needed another session. It's just like, I feel hey, like I did a bad, I set a bad example. Hey, now that's what you need to start, man. That's I'm what you me, need to do. I'm on it. What's I'm that? on it. What's I'm that? A new dye. A new dye? A new dye, a better treatment, yeah. something to where, you know, we could do this. We could do this the right way. But, um, in an, okay. So two part question. Have I ever yeah, been starstruck? Man, I, I know you met some people, man. I know man. you met some people. Talk <laughs> no to question. Me, you know, uh, <laughs> hold up, met, met the who's a who. Right. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, all right, so I was young, man. This had my heart thumping. So I went oh, to the Knicks boy. game. I went to the Knicks game. It was this way you, you were in, uh, with like the Giants Beyonce. at this time? Yeah, yeah. Sound this is like that time. I was the deal. I was the deal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on top of the world, man. So remember, I remember it was the Knicks game. Jay and Beyonce there, Blase. I'm courtside. Cool. So after the game, I'm going towards the little the little area where we would all leave. You know, people, VIP, boom. So I'm sitting there waiting on a on a car to come scoop us. And I remember uh, Jay and Beyonce coming down the escalator, man. And I remember like I locked eyes with her, and she kind of like, <laughs> she kind of was like Jay. She's like Jay O's over there. You know what I mean? And they were coming down. So I'm trying to play it cool as fuck. My head, turning up. you know, to like you're not paying attention, like. Right. But inside my heart, just do, 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 do. man, they got down there, man. I got a hug. I dabbed Jay up, man. And it was just like it was. It was like a moment like that for me was just. It was so crazy, bro. Because in my life, I I never knew looking up to LeBron, Randy, AI, all these guys, like who who in my eyes were considered the greatest, like what they would have to go through on a daily basis, what stories, what dramas, what troubles, what tr the stories that, you know, affect their family. I never expected none of that. And then also the celebrity world and all this, like I never, I wasn't necessarily, you can't teach, you can't prepare someone for that. Like right, you right. cannot prepare them for it. You have to actually go through and experience it for yourself. So that was honestly one of the, one of the times in my life, where I was really just like shit, like, like you, you like you, like you a like, big deal, right? Because you, you got to realize Jay dap you up, Beyonce gives you a hug. You got to right? at that moment. You did you come to the realization like, yo, I made it. Like yeah. I'm a big deal, <laughs> right? Bro. Like yeah, man. I think I went out that night. I had to celebrate, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I know, but I, hey, listen, I know you had a, a heck of a night, man. You know, funny story. I don't know if you remember this, oh, but uh, my first time meeting you. You guys remember when the Super Bowl was in Arizona? They had the Pro Bowl in Arizona. Yeah. Yep. So me yep. and Pat P, we are hanging out, whatever. And you came in the club. I think you might have was a rookie or something like that. And, and uh, yeah, yeah, we we had a we was at, in our section, and O comes up, uh -huh. and I remember O used to always dance. So he was like, "Man, what's up?" I'm like, "Yeah, man." He, he's like, "Oh, oh I remember this yeah, time. yeah." You remember, right? So he was like, "Oh, you, oh, you, Pat P, cousin, man. Good to see you, man." He's like, "Man, you play DB or whatever." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." So he's so he started hitting a move in front of me, right, Pat? Yeah, I so I'm that, like, yo. "Okay, he trying to have a dance song." So I'm a little older, so I'm like, "Man, I ain't really trying to show him up because you know, Pat, you know, back in my heyday when I was younger, ain't nobody can see me on the dance floor." But yeah. what this boy, man, oh, you danced the whole night, the whole night. When man. the club was over, when we all left, 
Man, it looked like you was running nothing but sprints. Your whole <laughs> clo- your whole back was drenched, bro. I'm still in there, bro. I just that was me. Like I would just wanted to have a good time. And if and if and I wanted people. I think one of the biggest things for me, bro, is I always wanted people to where I the way that I feel free. My sense of like I don't care for someone's opinion of what they think about me. Like I'm gonna live. Like at the end of the day, when I get buried, like it's me in here. You know what I yeah. mean? It's just. And that's kind of how I went about uh my life and how I was going to approach it. Like, I didn't care, you know, why are you dancing? Like, <gasps> Oh, I'm dancing. Man, I love hey, dancing. Man. I just have hey, a good you, time. You had a great time, man. I was right there with you. I man. couldn't move like I wanted to move. You know yeah, what I mean? I'm, yeah. like, oh, I'm happy you did, hey. bro, because if you would have shown me up, I would have been in there. Real shirt might have had to come off. I don't know what I had to do. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Oh, hey, hey, going back to your time in New York, man. Oh, did you actually, when they drafted you with all the success you had early in your career with the Giants, did you, you know, feel like that would be a place that you would play your entire career at? Or at what moment did you feel like your time could be done there in New York? I'm okay. Two part question. I'm going to tell you, I never thought I would play for another team besides the Giants. I never wanted to win a championship for anybody more than, than the Giants, bro. It just was such a legendary place. I was very proud to be a part of that organization. Everything. I'm going to tell you where I ran into trouble. It was when I felt like we had had the pieces. We know that Eli is a little older. Um, I've been here now. I've, I've given you two seasons. I've shown you like I'm capable of, I can hoop. Um, and I felt like they never put people around Eli and I know I got a lot of shit and they said, I talk bad on Eli and I never once said a bad thing. If anything, I just, I speak the truth. I, uh, the only thing I could look back on and be like, man, I regret saying is that he's not the same player, even though it's the truth. If, if they would have built around him knowing, okay, he's obviously not running anymore, but he's not trying to, he's 40, he's 39. He's not trying to get hit. No, Tom Brady is not taking sacks, is he? If they're coming for him, he, you know, all right, I'm going to give this play up. It bothered me because I felt like they never built around him, and we just kept drafting, but we were just drafting, not like building an organization and a franchise. And my frustrations grew because it was another 5-11 and 5-11, and, and, you know, we were just never good. Even the year that we were 11-5, and five, the defense was holding – teams the 10 points a game like right. we were only yeah. good because yeah. of the defense mm-hmm. my frustration grew when I felt like they weren't growing and I had wanted more now I'm ready like I wanted I wanted to be in a championship and it just it just was very tough for me to be in an organization where I felt like it was and then I then from then on I felt like I always had to watch my words because anytime I say something it's a big ordeal when really I'm just speaking like in a truthful like when Kanye was like I'm on TV talking like it's just me and you like that's how I mm. I speak that way. You know, I know there's politics. I try not to be too involved in that. But my problem, I ran into that problem, bro, when I felt that they weren't growing and evolving as an organization. And I wasn't, like, I wasn't winning. Like, I, I hated losing that bad. Great, I was having great seasons. I hated losing. I hated it. I hated it. And I feel like that was where I ran into the to the problems. And then, you know, I feel like at the end of my career, I'll be able to tell everybody, you know, the real truth of all, of all the shit. Like, I'll come out and tell everybody everything um but for the meantime i feel like it just saves me drama when i i don't speak on it too much but that was really it for me bro i wish i wanted i used to text eli all the time bro you're seventh on the list for greatest of all time like let's fucking do it you know i would come to work every day i'm giving them everything i had everything everything and then i felt like when i was the one pushing I, I wanted that more for someone else than the people around him or even maybe not even himself. Cause I'm sure he, you know, he wanted it, but it just felt like 
I was coming to the end of a road and I was pushing for something that wasn't really tangible, bro. And that was where like it all had kind of just went haywire for me. Um, you know, we got a new coach in there and, you know, I feel like that's the situation I could be honest about now because people have come out and it's like anonymous coaches when we really know who it was, but I felt betrayed in a sense, like this, this, this coach had tried to turn me against my brothers and my people and, you know, was telling the young guys to stay away from me because I'm not a good person or not a good team or a role model or this and that when it's like, bro, I used to buy beds for my teammates. Not like this makes me a good teammate. I used to, if I could get a backpack for free, I'm getting 120 bags sent. I'm getting. Man, that makes you a great sent. teammate. No question. Bro, I, <laughs> I would have, I would cut the music on in the locker room. I have the videos to this day. Someone sent them to me of the whole, we're, we're four and 12, but the whole team in there, we dancing, doing the electric slide. Like we, like, that was what I wanted. I can't, Pat, you know, I remember, uh, I can't think of his first name, but he was a linebacker there for us, Baker. Uh, Baker, 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 Baker. He was Baker, Mike Baker. Linebacker, man. I remember he was there. It was, I think you had just left, bro. I can't remember. Anyway. Oh, about Ryan. Ryan, 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 Ryan. Yes. Number 22. The energy, when I first came, as you, you talked about Isidore Newman, man, this was an all white school, like school, not to say that like I didn't fit in, but I'm a chameleon. So when I got to LSU and I was around brothers and I was around this love and the way that Russell Shepard showed me love, he showed me how to, yo, you need the car? Like here, here's the key. Like we take care of each other. And I got there. The hardest thing for me about going to the NFL was when I realized that it wasn't necessarily like that. You know, people had families, people had kids. As soon as as practice and all this, I I, I spent the whole day with you. I'm not going to hang out after. That that was the hardest thing for me, bro, is is to be a part of something like so that's where some of the misunderstanding comes from. It's like, bro, I came from LSU. My favorite year was my freshman year. We was thirteen and zero, and I was catching eight yard stop routes, six right. of them a game, and I was happy. Right. <laughs> I was happy. I was elated. I was I remember I couldn't wait till the game was over. Like, man, where are we going? Let's go celebrate. Right. So that's just always been tough for me, man. I know I did an interview and I've watched it over and over again and I felt like there's politics in this world and I feel like I've always tried to play it, but I've always still remained myself, which is like, I'm going to speak a bit of the truth, whether, you know, people like it or not. Like, that's just me. Either you're going to respect me for it or you're going to slander me for it. And right. I can live with either one. So that's really just where I'm at in life, man. It, it, I never would have seen myself playing for an organization except the giants uh, ever in my life. I could have, I could have never imagined it. And, you know, being traded, you know, left a, a bad scar in my mouth. And I remember coming out with comments saying, you know, they sent me to Cleveland to die and, and how, you know, excited I was about the opportunity there to reestablish myself and my legacy in, in a place that hasn't won and be able to be a part of something special, um, would have spoke more volume to winning a championship there than it would anywhere else. So, you know, those, those are the things that cross my mind, man. Like, and again, like I say, I feel like I can't tell the world the real deal truth right. like like you want to know what's up like i'll tell you let's sit down and have some wine let me tell you <laughs> without being politically correct right what was going on um and one day you know i will do that and it'll be it'll be great but for the time yeah. being man i kind of have to play a game you know where you know pat anything that i say or do is just mm-hmm. getting they're gonna blow it up yeah they're gonna blow you it know, up. whether it's the truth whether i said something wrong whether it just it's, it's tough for me, man. So I try and I, I found myself trying to walk a thin line and, um, 
again, I was just telling somebody this other day. I feel like because of the man and the person that I am, I'm exactly where I'm at today because of it. An ankle surgery, a knee, the hernia. I came back four weeks too early from my ankle when it happened because we went, we lost the first game against Dallas and I'm looking like, I'm young. I'm looking like it's over with. If I don't get back and, and, and can win some of these games, like our seat, we're not going to make the playoffs. None of that. Not thinking about right. my health, my personal career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just came back early for my people. I get injured, play through a whole sports hernia last year where I had to go against Pat, which I need, I need my wheels and, you know, another wheel. Like I'm like, I, first, I remember rookie year. I'm hurt with it. <laughs> week two, Pat's in town. I wanted him. I wanted him. I wanted him more than I wanted, <laughs> more than I wanted Sherm because he was the one who I looked up to. He was like, yeah. he he brought that to LSU. He brought seven to you know what I'm saying. Like he brought that that legacy um, to there. So I wanted him. I didn't get to see him my rookie year. I go against him last year. I'm not. I'm not at one thousand, and I'm going against him, and he's just bet like he's just. Better, like I need all of me to be able. You know what I'm saying? Hey, but, hey, remember that one star right there? I don't know if you remember. I was like, man, you all right? That's yeah, it. I'm like, man, no, I'm not all right. Like I'm, I'm not, bro. But I'm gonna give you everything I have, bro. So mm-hmm. it just, it, it's, it's funny to say this, but because of who I am, I'm in the exact position that I'm in. If I would have been someone who's more selfish and put me first, uh, like everyone thinks I do, I feel like I might not have ever had an ankle surgery. I might not have ever had the hurt, like, you know, you get it. Yeah, bro, that's just really, you know, that's kind of some of where I'm at in life, dealing with some of those things. Well, you know? this part of the show, but before we let you go, uh, we got, we need nothing but the truth. We got about five questions for you. We need you. Hey, 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 and also, too, before we jump into this truth serum with, with oh, get my lawyer? Hey, no? no, you don't need no lawyer. No, you don't need no lawyer. <laughs> but, hey, hey, but, oh, when you ready to tell it all, Make sure you let all things covered know, and we're going to bring the wine. We're going to bring the wine yeah, for we'll you. Bring the wine. Yeah, we'll I, bring I don't got none in my cup. I don't got none in my cup right now. Not right but, now. Yeah, okay. but we'll have some wine for you when you're ready to tell it all. But go ahead and shoot all right. that. All right. first, first question, man. Uh, where's your favorite place to travel? We know you travel all, all across the world. What's, what's your favorite spot? That I've been to. There's places that I haven't been to that I'm trying to go, man. Um, yes, favorite spot you've been to. <laughs> Break the question down as far as favorite for me, like but, so most beautiful place I've been to, or places well, that I could, like if I could get on a plane so, right now and well, go, I'd go. Yeah, like like if it was, uh, it had, it got everything uh, as far as the scenery, the food, the privacy, uh, the, the privacy, like the the best spot. For, like so for me, Italy is like my favorite spot to go yeah. to. Paris is up there for me. Okay, so Paris, so Paris. is incredible. Okay, what spot <laughs> you want to go to that you haven't been yet? Hey, I know one, one somewhere. Where? Greece. Surprise yes. Beach. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I haven't made my way out there. That is definitely, you You stole it, because that is one place that I did want to go. Um, probably the most beautiful place I've been to, bro, was the Maldives. I have to agree with you there, too, man. Oh, Amazing. Maldives is no doubt about it. Favorite movie? Long-ass flight, but beautiful. You said favorite movie? Yeah. Favorite movie? Blue Streak. Ooh, I like Blue Street. That's a classic. Blue Street. I like, I like that, uh, yeah, Blue Street. Yeah, Blue Street's up there. Blue Street's one of them. And obviously a classic for me is just life. 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 Oh, I throw it on. Where do you think you going? Where do you think you going? (laughs) Mr. Walker says job. It's too many lines in there. It's too many lines in there, man. So that would be probably one of them. I mean, just killers, man. Yeah, that that life, that life is hilarious. Your favorite childhood crush. 
or adult crush? For me, it was them, uh, J-Lo growing up. Yeah, J-Lo, especially yeah, when she was on Living Color. I don't know if you remember oh, in Living Color when she was a fly girl. Yeah, that was yeah. long. Yeah, she, but that was she, a long time ago. She's had them yeah. tights on, them tights. You do something to a lot of people. You ever she met just, J-Lo in person? Yeah. yeah. Oh, we had I'm to. Man, he was Pat, in New York. That man met everybody, man. Everybody, man. <laughs> what is your... What is your favorite, uh, let me see, favorite thing to eat? What me, people may like to know about. That. I'm a carnivore, man. I'm eating steak five times yeah, out of the week. Guy. I'm a steak guy, guy bro. I just, and I, I know you got, I know you met a lot of artists in here, so I don't, want, I don't want nobody to feel, you know, left out, but, and I know you got a very, very close relationship with, yeah. with one of my favorites too, Drizzy. Yeah. Who is your favorite artist right now? Little Baby. No question. Nobody better than them. They Little Baby number one. Lil Baby's number one. What's your favorite Lil Baby song? Man, any song that he, any song that Lil Baby on. You rock and roll with <laughs> any, every, he really is popping his shit. Like he, he, he's the one. Yeah. No doubt. He hot yeah. right now. And he, and hot. you know what? I, I, I love his feature game as well. You can put him on as a yeah. feature. Oh, yeah, he yeah. going he gonna to show yeah, up, nah. show up and show it's out. Not, it's not really a feature, but yeah, I feel, yeah, I get you. Yeah, he, he can go. He ain't doing no more features, man. It's all, he, he taking over. He taking over the song. <laughs> So you taking you taking baby over Drake? Nah, I mean you know Drake's my guy. Nah, I ain't like, doing I that. Do that. Yeah, yeah, but, ain't doing that. But ain't nobody messing with baby right now, man. No, nope. I did. I did say right now. Yeah, Lover Boy <laughs> dropping twenty uh twenty twenty one. Jersey, I got you, man. On the drop, man. Dropping uh January first, twenty twenty one. That's the new Drake. Oh man, yeah. We oh. All dropped the album drop. You probably already got it. Oh, I might have heard Knowing it. you. But not much, you know. Yes, sir. Uh, man, even man, though Oprah hey, done heard about half of the album already, man. Go ahead and, and, hey, and man, shoot that to us. Y'all heard, man, y'all heard it here first, man. January 1st, man. It's dropped. January 1st. This yeah. man done gave us a whole drop with yeah. the hottest oh, artists out in the world right now. Only on All Things Covered. Appreciate you, yes, Oprah. Yes, sir. What, what, what is your favorite cornerback matchup? A guy who you probably don't like, but you respect his game. And you know when you're playing against him, you got to bring your A game. Who's that? Obviously, two one. Um, my favorite corners in the league: Jalen Ramsey and Gilmore. Uh, you played against Ramsey yet? Yeah. Okay. Love him. That's my dog. Like that's my that's my dude, bro. We we was talking about you know just training, being able to. I just love him. I love what he brings to the game. I love that energy. I love that talk. I love that walk. Um, I love all that. And then I love Gilmore because he he just. Uh, criminal, man. Yes. And he got even better. I feel like he got better when he went with Bill and just no technique and everything. Silent killer. Love him. He will talk a little bit. You gotta just, you gotta you give gotta, him a bump gotta, or two. He gonna you talk. Poke that bear. You gotta poke you that got, bear. You got, and you gotta poke it because he just, he don't really care for much. Right. But, um, those are probably my favorite in the league. Man, that's all. Top three wide receivers right now in the game right now. The top three guys. Okay. I mean, you can't argue with, uh, Hop right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My favorite. You, I mean, you are always gonna hear me say Jarvis, but DK Metcalf. Yep. Uh-huh. And then, man, I love Calvin Ridley, but he just he 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 about to take that next. He's just different. Him. Yeah. He that different. Route runner, yeah, that route runner. He he got some feet and hips on him. Rob County, you know he's South Florida kid, Pat. Yeah, sir. I, I call him the cockroach killer boy when he run that out then, route like he's stepping on the rope. <laughs> and then, obviously, my favorite, my little twin. uh Protege, mini me, all that. Little Justin, man. 
Yeah. Well, Justin, man, I oh, love him. Yeah, that's my guy. He's definitely having an all-pro year this year. Yeah, we had him on the show last week, matter of fact. Man, so. he got to slow down. He, I heard somebody say something. It was like, he had like a thousand-something yards. He about to just pass my little record up. He yeah, got to chill out. Hey, man, yeah. he, pass, he, he passing another fellow Tiger, man. You know how we do it. Hey man, I ain't mad at it. Yes, sir. yeah, good man. I, I love his route running too. It's a little different. It's not the yep. usual, you know what I mean. But he he he, he has his up. own style. Yeah, yeah. Smooth yep. criminal, smooth criminal. You know how to do the gritty? Oh, you oh know. yeah, I know how to do it. I'm but tri- I can't see none of that right now. I forgot yeah, who I'm talking yeah. to, man. This man might be the best dancer to come through the NFL. I'm trying to tell you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, man. Oh man. Man, we appreciate you coming on, old man. I, no you know, question. My, bro- my brother from another man, always love. Yes, sir. Hey, man, wish you nothing but the best on the road recovery, and I can't wait to see you this all-season champ. Already, brother. Love you, man. Stay up, man. I'm right here in AZ, so holla at me. I'm in Paradise Valley. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. I'm hit you. you right up the street from me. I'm going to hit you up soon. Yes, sir. Appreciate holla it, old man. You be safe, yes, man. Sir. All right, Kimpo. Holla at me. Thanks again to Odell, and thanks for everybody for listening to this episode of All Things Covered. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back with you next Tuesday, where you can expect all things will be covered. Peace. CBS Sunday, after the Equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. CBS season finale Sunday after the Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.